you're listening to the Blue Marine Foundation podcast, sharing our passion for the wonders of the ocean. La mer qu'on voit danser Thank you for joining us on the Blue Marine Foundation podcast. In this series, we explore the stories of the lives of some of the extraordinary people who won the 2022 Ocean Awards. I'm Sasha Bonser from Boat International. We're proud to support these awards in partnership with the Blue Marine Foundation. The Ocean Awards recognise individuals, organisations, community groups and businesses that have made significant contributions to the health of the marine environment, to the sustainable management of marine resources, or to public engagement with our oceans. The Young Initiative Award recognises an individual between the ages of 18 and 30 who is at the beginning of their career and has shown determination in their commitment to ocean conservation with a demonstrable impact. This year's winner is Minorities in Shark Science, known as MISS. Founded by four black female shark scientists in 2020, MISS aims to educate the public about the importance of sharks, as well as inspire women of colour to work in conservation science. Charles Clover, from the Blue Marine Foundation and I, caught up with Jasmine Graham, one of the founders, to find out about the inspiring work of minorities in shark science. Welcome, Jasmine, and congratulations. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I thank you for this wonderful opportunity and um, that you've selected Miss to receive this award. It means a lot. Incredible. And we were also wondering whether, well, I was wondering what came first, the, the sense of inclusivity or the sharks? Because they're, they're sort of equally as important, it seems. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, for me, I've always grown up, you know, fishing and everything with my dad. So there was always that interest in the ocean. And then that grew into a love of sharks when I got to college and I met a college professor who invited me to work in his lab and he worked on sharks. And so then as I started going into marine science and and trying to get more involved with sharks, I realized that the culture of shark science was really you know, harmful uh, to a lot of people. There was, there's a lot of misogyny, there's a lot of racism, there's a lot of um, things like this involved in, you know, just kind of existing in science in general, but particularly in shark science, which is kind of seen as this like macho guy wrestles shark situation uh, that women and people of color aren't always super welcome in. For the American Elasma Brink Society, which is one of the largest scientific organizations for people that study sharks. They've had a history of sexism, racism, sexual harassment, things like that. And so there's a lot of people who specifically don't go and participate in that scientific society because they don't feel safe to do so. Um, And that society is about 550 people. And in 2019, which is the last time we had a conference, I was the only Black person in the entire scientific society. And, you know, they were like, oh, well, it's because people aren't interested in sharks, yada, yada, yada. And um, so that's kind of where this came out of. I felt isolated and I felt like I didn't belong in the space. And then the first time in 2020, when I met my co-founders online on Twitter, 
uh, that was the first time that I had seen people that looked like me that did what I did. And it's one of those situations where you don't know how thirsty you are. You know, if you're in a desert, you have no idea how thirsty you are until you have that first drop of water. And I was really thirsting for community in a way that I didn't even understand how isolated I felt until I knew that I wasn't alone. And so that's really what we have wanted to give to everyone. And uh, we owe the success of MIST to all of those people that have joined us, all of those people who previously had, you know, felt like their voices weren't being heard, like they didn't belong, and they came to our space because they trusted us. Uh, and that means a lot for someone that has been discriminated against to say, this space feels safe, and this is where I want to go, and this is where, this is the community I want to be a part of, these are the folks that I want to collaborate with. So our success is in part to them and also in part to all of our supporters, to people that, you know, aren't necessarily part of our organization, uh, but they are in the sphere of shark science and they acknowledge that it's a hurtful place and that we're trying to change that and we're trying to do good. And they say, I want to be involved. If you'll help us fix it, we will fix it. Um, and so it's just been really beautiful to see everyone kind of come into this movement. You know, it started out as we just wanted a community for people and it turned into, you know, this massive movement to really change how shark science is viewed in, you know, the general public, how it's viewed for people trying to come up in science, making sure that people know that, hey, you're welcome in this space and you're, you're welcome to do your science. Um, no matter what you look like or who you are, uh, anyone can be a scientist and everyone should be allowed to do that without feeling unsafe or feeling unwelcome. And then we also have a lot of people, you know, in the global south, in countries that aren't respected for their scientific work because, you know, science has turned into this very Western colonial thing that exists. And there's this idea that, oh, if you're a quote unquote developing country, like, oh, there's no way you're doing science, but there are a lot of people doing really great work and they're doing that really great work with like half of the tools that we have. So they're actually being much more innovative. And so it's really important to try and bring those folks in because they're doing super great work and they are doing it from a different perspective with different tools. Um, and they're doing work in countries that we don't know a lot about. So a lot of our members work in countries that have what we call data deficient fisheries, where we have no idea how many sharks are caught. We have no idea how many sharks there are. <laughs> we have no idea how many people are relying on sharks for food and resources and all of that. And they are in those communities talking to the fishers and they have all that information, but no one respects their work. It's really hard for them to get published. They get met with a lot of pushback. They are less likely to get into the you know, top tier journals. They're very commonly told, well, you need to go get somebody English speaking on your paper, even if they come from an English speaking country. Uh, we've had like a Nigerian scientist that was told that and she's like, my official, the official language of my country is English. What do you mean? And so it's like, well, we know what they mean by you need to find someone English speaking to be on your paper. Uh, it's, oh, we don't think your country does good science. So you need to go find somebody in the United States or somebody in Europe for us to take you seriously, which is unfortunate. 
Your success is incredible. You now have how many people involved? We have 465 members uh, representing over 30 countries, and we have almost every U.S. state and territory represented as well. I'd like to thank all of the people that helped us get here. Of course, our members, our Friends of Miss, uh, Field School, one of our first partners and our fiscal sponsor for our first year, uh, Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, Love the Oceans, Bimini Shark Lab, uh, and you know all of the other organizations that have been involved, New College of Florida, Havenworth Coastal Conservation, our donors, and um, everyone that follows us on social media, shares our posts, uh, and sends us words of encouragement. Well done, Miss. It's quite a, quite a structure you've built there. Definitely, yes. Takes a village. Are you out every day, Jasmine? How does it work? Uh, no, not every day. This is my busy season right now. Um, so we mostly do most of our work in the spring and summer because that's when the sharks are most active in this area. Uh, so during this time, it's usually every couple of weeks I'm out for three or four days at a time. And these are these are people who like putting uh, long instruments into sharks' mouths. So they're they're quite brave people. <laughs> yes. I I wouldn't do it. I'm quite terrified looking at some of your videos. I, I, how many times do you get bitten? I have never been bitten. Knock on wood. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's quite hard given that you're taking sharks out of the water and and uh, checking their teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about it's all about training. It's it's you know the we call them uh, shark cowboys, the shark cowboys of yesterday, the uh, white shark scientists that you know were like ah wrangled da da da. You know well, the first thing that we tell people is this does not matter how big you are, it does not matter how strong you are. It's basic physics. You just need to know where to hold the shark so that it can't get leverage and it can't fight you <laughs> and that's that's the safety aspect like where you tell you exactly where you need to hold them exactly how you need to handle them uh and then you know you have them secure and that it is safe and you know we work really hard at that and we had donors come out one time and we had a shark that had you know gotten caught on recreational line and the person had left the line it was all wrapped up around them and their hook was in the gills and all of this and we we're getting the line off of them. And uh, we, you know, we did a whole look back, you know, the person that's about to stick their hands in the, the shark's mouth looks at the person holding the mouth open and is like, you got it. And then they look at the me who's holding the, the mid part of the shark, like you got the mid part. Yep. I look at the person that's got the tail. You got the tail. All right. The shark is not going anywhere. It's not going to move. And, you know, she stuck her hands all the way up to her elbow in this shark's mouth to get this uh, hook out of uh, the gills and the donors were like, ah, ah, <laughs> a lot of trust. And that like goes back to creating a safe environment. We all trust each other completely. And we know that we're not gonna let each other get hurt. Um, and if you don't have that trust in something, you know, as important as dealing with sharks, then you're definitely not gonna go sticking your hands in a shark's mouth depending on this person you don't trust to hold its mouth open. Thank you so much, Jasmine. It's completely fascinating. And we really look forward to watching your progress over the next few years. Really huge congratulations. I think you've scored an immense success. This will resonate across the world if it isn't doing so already. It's an incredibly impressive achievement. 
and I can't see that you're going to stop now. So congratulations. We're in awe of what you've achieved. Thank you very much. That means a lot. La mer, qu'on voit danser. 